Welcome to All Write in Sin City, a podcast about writers and writing in the Windsor, Detroit region. Your podcasters today are Sarah Jarvis, former bookseller, publishing rep, and literary festival chair, Kim Conklin, Windsor based writer and filmmaker, and me, Irene Moore Davis, author, educator, and local historian. Welcome to All Right in Sin City. This recording takes place online in the era of safe physical distancing. So our featured guest today is Rebecca Lettingham Bodabo. Rebecca Lettingham Bodabo is married to Kenny Bodabo and is the mother of Sheena. She grew up in Windsor, Ontario and attended the University of Windsor. She's been an elementary school teacher since 1995 and a member of Most Precious Blood Catholic Church in Windsor since 1983. She's also been an avid volunteer around Windsor through the years, committed to causes that benefit children and youth. Rebecca enjoys spending time with family and friends, swimming, dancing. I can attest to the dancing. <laughs> writing, Not necessarily in that order. Rebecca's new book, published by Cranberry Tree Press, is Moving On, Life After the Diagnosis. Rebecca's epilogue includes these words. A passion to write has been ignited to help others who are facing challenges. This isn't only a story about multiple sclerosis, it's about life. Welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Irene. So this book is the story of your life after you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. How did you arrive at the decision to share such a deeply personal narrative with the public? Well, eventually, um, after many years, I was having some issues and I was off of work trying to recuperate. And I realized that it's not just about my body recuperating, it was more about my spirit and about my mental health. And I just felt like I'm not the only person going through this. It's bigger than just an MS diagnosis. There's, everyone's going through something. And I think it's important that we share our story to let, let other people know they're not alone in this, that we're all capable of getting better, but we have to take the time and give ourselves permission to do that. So you've been really open about not allowing your condition to control your life or to define to what degree has telling your own story given you a greater sense of control? So I honestly, um, now that I've opened up about it, I feel like I actually have less control. I feel when I wrote the book, I didn't realize how naked I was going to feel once the book was out there. I, I feel very um, exposed. And it's, it's good and bad. I want other people to benefit from what I'm going through. But on the other hand, you know, you feel a little bit cautious because there are a lot of people that actually didn't even know that I had MS because I don't present as having the typical symptoms. Um, I've gone out of my way to make sure that I monitor my fatigue and I try to monitor my stress. So for someone to look at me, they don't know that I have MS. But the reality is they can't see what's going on inside of my body, right? So um, with writing the book and putting it out there, I just, I felt like, oh, okay, I really wanted to do this, but now I'm like, oh, goodness, everyone knows now. So, like I said, I feel very exposed. But the control thing, I think that was something that I had to just give up completely. I don't have control over this. I can control my behavior so that it doesn't get out of control. But as far as control goes, I've kind of given up my control because I have a spiritual background as well. I just, I've given up my control to God. 
I've given my life to God. So if something happens with me, I know that God's got it under control. I know that it's going to go in a certain direction. And from that perspective, I've let go. One thing that's really hard at, at normal times, and especially now, is um, portioning out our time. Uh, how do you find time to do your writing? Well, I was it was a blessing and, a, and not a blessing when I was off of work. I mean, I was off work because I couldn't do my job. But in that time, I had a lot of opportunity to write. And I thought, you know what? While I'm off, I just started writing, and it just seemed to flow. There was I didn't realize how much I actually had to say. Um, I was speaking out of a perspective of trying to help other people. So I know that it was the right thing to do, to write it down. Um, even now, I'm finding... Well, after seeing your podcast with Lori Smith, which was amazing, I had no idea who I was meeting at that time, but I'm, I've been writing a lot of poetry over the years, but I never really took it seriously. I kind of would write it a couple of notes here and there. So I'm going back to that now, and I find just right when I'm inspired, I just go quick and I write down what I've been thinking about, and then I'll go back to it and work on it more. Um, so now that I've done this, now I'm feeling even more inspired to kind of develop myself and that part of my uh, my life. Great. Are you an early morning person, a late I'm night person, or bird. just whenever? I'm an early bird. Yeah. I'm an early bird. However, the other night I woke up, I couldn't go to sleep because I had a poem on my mind, and I was like, okay, I can't sleep. I have to get up and write it down, and I did. So I got to bed kind of late that night, but ordinarily I'm an early morning person. I think it's just from, um, well, being a teacher and being up early for years and years, and then being a mom, right? You get up early with your kids. And I just never shook it off. So, yeah, I'm an early bird. Mm -hmm. So the book is very informative, but it's also really easy to read. Yeah. How easy or difficult was it for you to find the right voice and, and narrative style for this book? Well, I think when I was writing it, I wanted to be able to be relatable to other people. Initially, when I wrote it, I had included some... Um, medical terminology and drawn out explanations about what it was and then after working with my publisher we kind of pared it down so that it was more reflective of just being my voice um, and we did manage to squeeze in a few of the things that I was talking about but it's more of um, from my experience versus what a doctor would define it as so um, yeah I just I wanted to be me telling the story and telling people that an ordinary person can get over things, you know, and I, I think that was my goal. I just wanted people to know, um, to know me and to be able to read it easily. I've got, gotten feedback from other people and they've said that too. It was an easy read. And I'm like, perfect, because I want it to be an easy read. I want people to be touched by it. And I, I don't want it to be labor intensive, you know, it should be, it should come off as being very personal. I was hoping that it would have the vibe of, you know, you're reading that, and it's like you're with me, and we're having a cup of coffee. And I think it did turn out that way. I agree that that was achieved. Rebecca, it was interesting to read your book in the era of COVID-19 and self-isolation, because one recurring theme in your book is the value of resting and recharging. <laughs> about the importance of slowing down, despite the social norms that hold activity and productivity as valuable. Mm -hmm. Vantage point, what would be the best advice you could offer to those of us who may be having a hard time staying at home and slowing down? I know it's not easy. I mean, we're so used to being busy 
And I mean, if you're talking to a friend, we would say, you know, what have you been up to? What are you doing this weekend? And it's always, you know, we're always talking about being busy and how it's a good thing. But I think if we can just take the time to think about exactly what's going on with us right now, and us as individually, I should say, um, you know, what is it that I really think is important? I, I mean, being away from your job or being away from the things you normally do, I think it naturally lends itself to seeing what is it that really interests a person. You know, do I, do I really like reading? You know, I think it's funny. My husband, he's not a reader. So he just finished his book today. I'm, he's, I'm busting him right now. He just finished his book. <laughs> he's not a reader. And I, I get that. I mean, that's not his interest. But for others of us, like, what are we interested in? I mean, I know people are busy doing arts and crafts. People are painting. People are doing home re renovations. What is it that interests you? I'm hoping that some people are getting in touch with who they are as, as, a, um, as a person on a spiritual level, too. You know, like, what is it that really drives me? Hopefully it's not our job. I mean, we're, I'm a professional, too. My job is important to me. But it has to be something else that pushes me to do what I do. And I think that was something that came out of being off of work all of that period of time, is I really realized what it is that motivates me. And that, that's why when you read the book, you'll see that my spirituality comes into play in a big way because this is what keeps me going. This is what, um, what recharges me. So hopefully it'll speak to some people who are feeling kind of um, like they want to explore that part of them and they're going to feel the benefit of it as well. Our listeners may recall that we recently interviewed Lori Smith, one of the founding partners and editors at Cranberry Tree Press. Cranberry Tree Press published your book. In your opinion, was there a particular suggestion from the editors that changed this book for the better? Something that you remember is standing out? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what I was referring to previously. The way I had written it initially, I had stuck in in between chapters, like like an infomercial. I would put in extra information about different things about, um, well, through the book, you'll see like a chapter on Dale Carnegie, a chapter on um, Madonna House, a chapter on um, different part of the MS diagnosis. And they had helped me to kind of pare that down and just integrate it into the story rather than putting it separate. And I think it flows so much better after their suggestion. Absolutely. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Becca, what is one piece of advice you would like to offer to someone else who's interested in writing their life story? I think I would say go for it. Go for it. I mean, I was, it's kind of a weird thing because it's, it's basically it's a memoir and I'm still alive, right? We think of people writing their memoirs and publishing it after they've passed away. But I think it's kind of cool that I'm able to share my life story with people now. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to share with people throughout my life now, you know, because I, my life is, it was the way it was, and I don't know where it's going, but I feel like I'm living a life of hope, and I hope that I can share that with other people. That's great, and so, but you are releasing a book in the middle of a pandemic, and um, it's different from the usual process of launching a book, so how have you been promoting Moving On? Uh, well, I put it on Facebook, 
and promoted it in that way. I've given away some books to people who I thought would enjoy reading it and would promote it among their circle of friends. Um, and here we are today having a podcast. So um, I'll probably go back to Facebook after the podcast. Um, certainly I'll post this so people can see it. And then um, I'll advertise the book again. And hopefully some people will be interested and they'll give me a call. And how can people buy your book right now? At this point, they can um, call me or they can uh, email me. That would be probably the best way right now. And I'll make sure that my, uh, my email address is available to everyone as well. We'll add that to our notes if you like. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So what's your next project? So my next project, like I said, I've been digging up some of the poetry that I had around the house and different notebooks where I started writing. And I'm probably going to take a, a course or a workshop with Lori Smith. I know she's talked about having one in the near future. And I'm hoping to do something with that, something very different from this book. And it's kind of exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I think the world of Lori's workshops, it's uh, always fun to gather with other writers in that venue. So Rebecca, would you like to read something for our listeners so they have a taste of your book? Sure, I would like to. I won't be too long with it. As a result of being a sports mom, I had met many parents of my son's teammates. I have to say that I've enjoyed this tremendously. One of the several teams for which my son played was a basketball team in Detroit. It was here that I met some very special superwomen. These moms, like me, worked full time and did the basketball mom thing too. We spent time together on the road at tournaments and many nights in the gym watching our babies practice. Just when I thought that chapter of my life was over, I received a text from one of the, one of the women, Nicole. She said she was looking for some help with her new business and that we should catch up. We set a date to meet for lunch. What a lady. I found out not only had she been taking care of things at home, but she had written three books. She passed one of them to me, Still Have Joy, an anthology of several women's stories of God's influence in their lives. I love to read. I was currently reading a lot of nonfiction and I was eager to read Nicole's book. Specifically, I wanted to read her contribution and I was blown away by her reflections. She wrote about the very thing that I needed to hear. I had forgotten God's promises to me. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. Rebecca Lettingham Bottomo, thank you for sharing your story with us. And You're welcome. Uh, congratulations on the new book, Moving On, Life After the Diagnosis, published by Cranberry Tree Press. And best of luck with it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Sarah. Take good care. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Look for more episodes of All Right in Sin City wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out our website, allrightinsincity.com. For information and announcements of new podcasts, sign up to our email list or follow us on Facebook and Twitter.